Good evening. This is Radio Orbit. It's KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
All righty. Good evening, everybody. Hi, it's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit. It's KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM, your imagination station. We're coming at you live, as we do every Monday night, 11 p.m. until 2 a.m. in the morning. Radio Orbit comes to you every week, and uh, we thank KOPN and everybody out there listening for uh, making it happen. Okay? All right. As I said, it's Mike Hagan. It is the 25th of September. 2006. Got a wonderful show lined up for you all tonight. Let me tell you a little bit about what's going to happen. Uh, our primary guest of the evening is going to be a man whose name is Lewis Humphreys. He also goes by the name Yeshe Dorje. And we'll be talking about healing with sound. And before that, uh, in just a few minutes, as a matter of fact, we'll have on Dr. Len Horowitz. But first, let me do my duties here. A big thank you to Debbie Johnson, as always, Free Range Radio Theater, 10 p.m., Monday evenings, right before this program. Before that, from 7 until 10, Kelvin and Jason doing it up. Jazz plus blues equals everything and nothing. Tech radio, as always, very cool. Talked about an article tonight from New Scientist uh, that I was actually interested in. And um, Jeff Wheeler, of course, early in the afternoon on Mondays with Uncommon Light from 3 to 5 p.m. getting things going for us, okay? So, uh... Here we are. A big thank you also to Kevin and Matthew Taylor. Wonderful program last week. The authors of Land of No Horizon. We also had great music from the guys from C3. The Convergence, uh, the Convergence Conspiracy, <laughs> the Convergence Conspiracy Collective. Yes. All right. And if you missed it, uh, check it out. It's on the web, okay? www.mikehagan.com. Just sneak your way over to the archives or the music archives if you want to hear the tunes, okay? All right, as I said tonight, Yeshe Dorje, Healing with Sound. If you want to get a leg up, www.padmasoundsystems.com. That's P-A-D-M-A, Padma, P-A-D-M-A-S-O-U-N-D, Systems, padmasoundsystems.com. We'll see what that's all about in about 45, 50 minutes or so. But before that, Dr. Len Horowitz will be talking about a situation in Hawaii regarding tuberculosis vac uh, vaccinations, children, uh, emergent diseases. I'm not sure what else we'll talk about with Dr. Horowitz. We'll, uh, I'd love to have him on the program, as a matter of fact, for a, for a full two or three hours in the future. Uh, but we'll do that when we get the opportunity here and the schedule isn't so full. But at any rate, we'll have about a half hour to talk with Dr. Horowitz about uh, some interesting stuff and important stuff that is happening in Hawaii. And I'm sure it's indicative of things that are happening all over the place. So we'll uh, talk to Len and see what's going on out there in his neck of the woods. And um, lots more in store. Okay, so stick around. Let me slide the lever up just a little bit here. We'll play a little bit more music for a few more minutes. I'll get my act together. We'll come back in about three or so with Dr. Len Horowitz. And as a matter of fact, if you're interested in Dr. Horowitz's work, you can find him on the web, uh, on the Internet as well, at www.dr, that's the abbreviated doctor, D-R, Len, L-E-N, Horowitz, H-O-R-O-W-I-T-Z, dot com. It's drlenhorowitz.com, and doctor is not spelled out. It's just uh, the initials DR. Okay, it's Mike. You listen to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Dr. Len Horowitz, and stick around. After that, we'll have uh, Yeshe Dorje from Padma Sound Systems, and we'll talk about healing with music.
All right, back at you here. It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit. It's KOPN Columbia. Program support for KOPN comes from Colors. Colors is an educational organization made up of local independent businesses, community organizations, and citizen members uh, working to create awareness of community members as citizens and not just consumers. Colors members are committed to our community's well-being. Information is available at coloursalliance.org. Colors Dollars participants for the upcoming fund drive will include the Arsenic Leopard, Coyote, and Clunk Bicycles in Repair. All right. All right. Hi, it's Mike, and uh, we are back at you. It's about 17 minutes after 11 p.m. on the 25th of September. And on the line with me, I have, first off tonight, Dr. Len Horowitz. For more than two decades, Dr. Horowitz has earned the reputation of being the King David of natural healing. He is far and away healthcare's most riveting speaker. He's an amazing guy who has an, a, a very interesting history. And we're going to speak to him here for about 35 minutes or so. Uh, but he's internationally known in overlapping fields, actually, of public health, behavioral science, emerging disease, natural healing. He's been recognized by all kinds of people in all kinds of places. And uh, I got a phone call about a week ago eight days ago from Star Newland and uh, Dr. Michael Heisen out there in Hilo, and uh, they said that something was going on in Hawaii and that I should talk with Dr. Horowitz. So we were going to do it last week, but we decided uh, that actually the schedule just didn't work out for everybody involved, so we waited a week, and we're going to do it right now. So uh, without further delay, Dr. Len Horowitz, thanks very much for being on Radio Orbit tonight. How are you? My pleasure, Mike. Thanks for the invitation. No problem at all. And hey, uh, before we get going here, if you hear some music in the background, I'm going to keep it really low, and I don't normally do this, but the program tonight is on uh, healing with sound, and I've got all kinds of really interesting meditational music and stuff, and I'm just going to sort of let it roll in the background because I promised the gentleman who's going to be on in a little while that I would do that. So hopefully uh, it's uh, uh, not a hindrance to our conversation, and I'll uh, keep it to a level here where we can all deal with it. But anyway, uh, Len, thanks again very much. My pleasure. The music's probably going to be a blessing. Yeah, I figure it won't be bad. It's uh, uh, it's something that I like to listen to, and hopefully other people do too. So, all right. So, uh, look, Dr. Horowitz. <clears throat> first of all, thanks for being on the program. I uh, I mentioned a few minutes ago to you off the air that I that I was familiar with your work for many years. I actually listened to you a number of times on the Jeff Rents program and uh, some other places, but uh, I I had not. Um, had the opportunity or the, the, the forethought to get you on this program yet, but uh, Michael and Starr prompted me to do it, and um, I'd like to know why. What's going on out there in Hawaii? Well, we have a sad situation that is affecting actually a, a national precedent-setting operation. Uh, we, My daughter, of all people, was pulled from high school. Straight-A student, freshman, uh, she was made the varsity team running up to seven miles a day. Mm-hmm. Hard to do with tuberculosis. We didn't have a tuberculosis skin test because of our religious exemption. And according to state laws, we're entitled to that, just like with vaccinations. We're not, we don't have to if it violates our religious laws. And, of course, that's the American Constitution and constitutional freedom, freedom of civil rights and religion. Well, here in Hawaii, they're setting a national precedent. They're demanding every single student, public or private school, irregardless of religion, get, must get, this TB skin test. And in fact, when you do the analysis on it, it's actually a hideously risky test in that there's so many false positives. 
even the federal authorities say that you shouldn't be doing this on low-risk groups, which all these kids are. Mm-hmm. And beyond it, the children, now food service handlers, you've got the police and the fire officials, you know, you've got, of course, all the health care workers are now being mandated and told that they have to do this, otherwise they can't take their jobs. So the reality is that they're coming for your blood, and they're coming for the children's blood. So they're trying, so they're trying to take a blood sample. Well, it's, it's, it's moving to that. Right now, the tuberculosis skin test is a very risky test in that, again, it has, you're injecting foreign uh, proteins from the tuberculosis bacillus. You're injecting phenol, polysorbate 80, both chemical toxins. Phenol is a suspected carcinogen. And you're, on top of that, you're violating the biblical laws by injecting foreign DNA and genetic material from the tuberculosis bacillus. But what the authorities are actually moving toward is a new test. It's called the quantiferin test. And that simply takes your blood. Now, that's a healthier test. It's a better test. It's a lot more exacting. But it opens up this whole can of worms regarding religious freedoms and civil rights and the body sovereignty. The fact that the state is going to compel you to be uh, actually having your bloodletting, you know, blood be drawn for identification of whether or not you have tuberculosis exposure. And worse than that, the Bush administration by 2008 is scheduling, along with a push by Hillary Rodham Clinton in national health care, to have the national ID cards that are ultimately tied to the DNA, too. Hmm. So somehow the government is going to compel everyone to allow their bodies to become the bloodletting instruments and ultimately the identification resources for DNA. That deals with the issue, such as what your show is about tonight, sound healing. If we understand how powerful sound and spirituality is for ultimately our best interest in healing, and we understand that frequencies such as that of sound can manipulate genetics, and in fact, mm-hmm. in the, one of my previous books, called DNA Pirates of the Sacred Spiral. That's right. I laid out the fact that the DNA is an antenna to the creator and that if you have the DNA strand, you then can simply transmit, even by like Dennis Kucinich in his house bill called the Space Preservation Act of 2002 and 2003, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. warned Congress to stop the satellite manipulations, the psychotronic warfare and the energetics frequency transmissions that could ultimately affect everything about humanity from our thoughts, our moods, our behaviors, including our genetic expressions. And that is the great risk. So we're asking for your prayers, everyone that's listening. I'm not asking you for money. I'm asking for you for your prayers. We've got a judge that is right now sitting on this case. Uh, The judge has only another few days before having to make a decision to, uh, uh, we've asked for an injunction to get my daughter back in school. Uh, we're using this case as a landmark case. If we're successful, then we will fend off this current threat of, for the whole nation that you will lose your religious exemptions, that you'll lose your religious freedoms. It's virtually un-American. We're asking for your prayers, particularly for the judge, to uh, really give her the insight and the judicial wisdom and the heart to do what's right here, which is sustain the religious freedoms, to honor the civil rights, 
and honor the fact that we are body temples, we are holy temples in our physical vehicles, and that we deserve the choice as to whether or not we will pollute this body temple or allow bloodletting from it. All right. I agree fully with you, first of all. You know, if you want to be tested for something, okay, you make your own personal decision to have the test, but, but compelling everyone uh, to do something that's clearly against constitutional rights um, is certainly something that I, that I disagree with. So let, let's talk r really briefly again ab about the nature of the test. There are two different kinds. In, in, in one case, they actually inject the, the, the person with all kinds of different things. Right. That's the standard tuberculosis skin test that even uh, federal officials have said should not be used for low-risk populations. And the only high-risk populations, the primary ones, are uh, I wouldn't even call healthcare workers a high-risk population when it comes to TB. I would call HIV-AIDS patients. I would call kidney dialysis patients. People who have immune-suppressed uh, issues, these people are at higher risk for opportunistic infections such as TB. Okay. The truth is most of us carry TB, and because of the immune system, you know, the creator's given gift, the immune system wards off the infection and keeps in the lungs these things uh, basically walled off in connective tissue that's called tubercles. Mm. That's why it's called uh, tuber tuberculosis right. bacillus, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, so long as we stay healthy, they never come out. We never cough them out. But if, if you get immune compromised, then you could become a risk. Authorities typically uh, say they cite the global statistics for deaths from TB. I think it stands at around 4 million people a year are dying from TB. Well, where are those people? They're not in the United States, nor are they in Hawaii. They're in heavily um, underdeveloped nations, impoverished nations, where the food, the water uh, is impure, and that people are living in substandard housing, very close uh, together, probably 10, 15 or more in a, in a room where somebody's coughing and somebody's going to get it. And so these are the, these are the risks. It, it, it really, even according to the federal authorities, doesn't deserve to be used here in low-risk populations, particularly school children. They're violating that law. The Hawaii Department of Public Health is actually doing something that you can't even imagine. They're not only uh, violating the national standards, so they have a medical malpractice, but they're also violating, besides the science, the statutes, the state statutes, the, the constitutional of freedoms and the laws of the United States Constitution. So there's something extremely unusual that's taking place here that the creators simply put my family and I in the middle of. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, we simply ask for your prayers that over the next week uh, we'll have an injunction order to get my daughter back into school as well as to uh, advance our, our legal standing and this case that could be a landmark case that reinforces the freedoms that we believe that we have and should never be taken away. Dr. Horowitz, um, what are, the, what are the, the implications of the test on, on children? In other, in other words, certainly they're trying to de determine and identify if, if there are TB cases that are among the students, but are there side effects? Do other people get ill? Do other well, kids get sick? Thank you, Mike, for asking that. It's a very vitally important question. The, 
risk is the fact that when you do, as we have done on drlenhorowitz.com, if you go to drlenhorowitz.com website that you mentioned, and there's an articles, news and articles section, and if you scroll down to see the TB articles, you'll get the whole background. The risk is the fact that if you do a simple, basic risk-benefit analysis, you realize that to identify one child who is active TB, which would likely be a diagnosed when they start coughing and go to a doctor, any good doctor can diagnose a child with a respiratory complication and do some sort of a, a bacterial analysis and determine that they've got TB. But the testing is a whole other ballgame. For every one child that the state of Hawaii has identified, 500 children have been severely, that word is important, severely is a quote, severely injured from the antibiotics and the chemotherapeutics that are given to all the false positives. 500 to 1? 500 to 1 is a highly conservative analysis on the numbers of children that are being harmed by this this uh, abuse, it's all it is, mm-hmm. it's real physical abuse. I mean, it's an outrageous medical malpractice that's being perpetrated under the guise of public health and that, in fact, uh, the, the antibiotics and the chemotherapeutics, isoniazid and the others, these have been determined to have approximately 25% severe intoxications that occur within two months, <laughs> mind you, they're recommending these children stay on these hideously toxic antibiotics and chemotherapeutics for, get this, nine months. My gosh. So 25% of everyone on these medications within two months gets severely sick. And I'm talking specifically about hepatotoxicity, that's liver damage, potentially chronic liver damage, and possibly deadly incapacitating, obviously, and deadly liver damage. Neuro, peripheral neuropathy, that's nerve damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, there are other problems such as blood dysgrasias, blood diseases, uh, hemophiliac types of tendencies included. So this can be expected, and the science proves, has, is shown to occur in 25% of the people that take these drugs. And this is what the Department of Public Health in Hawaii is currently prescribing for nine months for the thousands of children, it's approximately 3,382 children conservatively just in the state of Hawaii have been made severely injured for the identification of six students statewide. That comes down to approximately 500 Five, to over one. Over 500 to one. Amazing. And sickening. Sickening. <clears throat> despicable, disgusting, and, and it's got to be stopped. So we ask for your prayers and whatever else you can do, folks out there listening. There's, um, you know, there's some people on the website that I named that you can call to, to complain. Uh, the people from the public health department need to wake up. In, a, in actual point of fact, they're, they're nice people. They're just really ignorant, mm-hmm. seriously ignorant. They're engaged in like an automatic, they're like automatron. Right. They think they're doing right. Well, you know what? So did the Nazis. Mm. All right. Well, uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about that. The the the, uh, the reasons that that this stuff is going on. And you you mentioned early on that they're they're also grabbing genetic information from here, most likely. 
Well, it, this is this is the um, foreseeable future within the next two to three years. There's no question that the Bush administration has put on the legislative agenda that by the year mm-hmm. 2008 we'll have the national ID card that you'll need for shopping, you'll need for travel. And so this ultimately is what's going to uh, be necessary or necessitate the taking of your blood because they're going to say it's necessary to have it linked to the genetics because mm-hmm. it's the number one thing that identifies you. Right. So this is where it's going. Uh, and no question about that. And here in Hawaii, it's a sad situation because, first of all, Hawaii, if you understand uh, what's going on here, uh, we are a state uh, that's under really uh, criminal assault. There's the kingdom of Hawaii that was never recognized when the state was taken over. There's a sovereignty movement here that's the strongest in the nation to get their country back. And that beyond that, the genocide, and specifically that's defined as the mass killing or enslaving of people for economics, politics, or ideology, has decimated the Hawaiian population. It's as bad as the Native North American, mm-hmm. the Indian decimation. Yeah, you know, I, I have Lakota Sioux uh, in my blood, and uh, I'm very familiar with many of these historical stories, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, my, my heart is with the people there, trust me. Yes, and, and the sad, is, sad thing is at least the American, Native North American Indians understand that they were abused and victimized. Most of the Hawaiians that still remain, there's only 8,000 Hawaiians left on all of the Hawaiian islands, and most of those people are so uh, in, in such great deception. They've been propagandized so much. They are literally brainwashed. They don't even know that they're being killed. They don't know how they're being taken out, but they are. And this is one of the premier ways, if you understand what I've uh, done in terms of the vaccines, exposing the vaccine agendas. I'm the author of the national best-selling book called Emerging Viruses, AIDS, and Ebola. AIDS and Ebola, right. You know, that's, uh, the CDC officials say that that's one of the premier books that exposed the whole vaccine agendas of the pharmaceutical industrialists and literally was one of the top three books that they credited for having spawned the vaccine risk awareness or the anti-vaccination movements in the United States. Well, this is the primary genocidal weapon how do you take populations out and enslave them to drugs and the costs and even enslave nation states to the cost of medical care is you inject them with foreign RNA, foreign DNA from bacteria, viruses, fungus, yeast, chicken embryo, bovine fetal serum, monkey kidney tissues, and if that's not bad enough, take smallpox, for example. Mm. That's cow pus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Bible talks about you know, keeping your blood pure, the sanctity of the blood, why? Because we understand now that the DNA in the blood is a sacred spiral. It's an antenna to the Creator. And so you pollute this and you poison this and you intoxicate this, you abuse this sovereign spiritual temple with all of this garbage, and what do you expect but a sick and enslaved population that's addicted to meds for their well-being? Man, oh, man, you know... We got a few minutes here. Uh, I, I tell you what, b- before before I go off on my left turn, let's talk a little bit more about the TV stuff. And I'd like to give 
let, let's tell people what they can do. What, 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 what would you like? I know, I know you'd like people to, to send their good thoughts and their prayers. Is there anything more tangible that people can do uh, to, help you, to help you out in the situation there? Well, again, that the prayer is the number one thing. Uh, the other thing is to please just educate yourself because we're really saving lives here. And that's what's been keeping us going. We're so grateful and so blessed to have so many people thank us for literally the health and lives of their children. So if this is new information for any of you people listening, simply go to drlenhorowitz.com, link to the the healthyworlddistributing.com, get yourself a copy of the CD called Horowitz on Vaccines. It is the number one lifesaver that we've produced over all these years. We've been at this now for well over a decade. Yeah, close to two, I think. So. Yeah, and uh, that that CD is an excellent orientation. If you have uh, technical reading skills and you enjoy a, a really uh, thick book that gives you some incredible scientific facts, then read the book, Emerging Viruses, AIDS, and Ebola. If you're just somebody that's interested in and can't believe a, what, what I've mentioned about genocide and what the governing authorities are allowing here, uh, get the book called Death in the Air, Globalism, Terrorism, and Toxic Warfare that came out three months before September 11th. Uh, that's a book that exposes the global industrialists and particularly the military, medical, petrochemical, pharmaceutical cartel in this exercise of genocide. And the, the proof and the facts are stunning. And it's awakening. It's, uh, you know, it's so important because without this knowledge, you know, the truth shall set you free. Right. And, you know, uh, Messiah, Jesus said, my people die of lack of applied knowledge. <laughs> well, this is, this is the life-saving information that people need to make smart health decisions, such as whether or not to vaccinate their loved ones. Right. And uh, without the information, you're just going blind. And ignorance is deadly today. Don't be ignorant. Get educated. Get these materials and try to save as many of the lives of our friends and family as you can. All right. Well, uh, let me ask you a question with regard to that. And it's a little bit off of the topic of TB, but it certainly uh, is, is relevant because it's the same idea, basically. The idea being that disease is oftentimes created uh, and you you make the point that the big pharmaceuticals etc uh, the medical industry is certainly their best interest is to keep people sick and and uh, and to treat disease as opposed to cure or prevent disease and there's an interesting thing that's been happening in my life I'm 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 a huge and I don't know a whole lot about uh you know anything to be quite frank but I know one thing uh because I've had experience with this stuff uh, colloidal silver and I know silver works for killing lots of different things. And last October, there was an article that came out in uh, a peer-reviewed journal, and uh, it was it got a little bit of press, but not much at all. But I'm going to read, actually, to you. I do it often on the air because I think it really makes them mad when I do it. But I'm going to read just the first sentence here, and then... If you could make a comment on it, I'd appreciate it. But uh, again, this is from Tuesday, October 18th from uh, Free Market News. And the first line says this. In a groundbreaking study, the Journal of Nanotechnology has published a study that found silver nanoparticles kills HIV-1 and is likely to kill virtually any other virus. The study, which was conducted by the University of Texas 
and Mexico at Nuevo Leon is the first medical study to ever explore the benefits of silver nanoparticles, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes on and on, and there's a full, you know, professional paper that was written on it and stuff. Anyway, so this is this is over a, this is a year ago. The paper actually came out in April of 2005. It didn't get published until uh, October. But anyway, since then, I've gone all over the place. I've been approaching uh, international AIDS organizations, uh, international malaria organizations, all kinds of supposed experts. I've visited their websites during conferences. I've, I've posted on their forums, in their chat rooms, etc., etc. And you know what? I get absolute silence. Nothing. No one responds. I mean, literally nothing. And, I mean, the whole thing seems to me now as charade, as theater. Well, I'll tell you, that's exactly how we feel, too. Our friends and colleagues, you know, it's kind of like, uh, again, you're on the planet, but you're no longer of it because it's so loony. People are just out to lunch. And what you're talking about is a real phenomenon. Silver is one of the two most electrically conductive elements in the entire periodic table. The colloidal silvers work. Uh, we have a product in the healthyworlddistributing.com. I'll give you a toll-free number in a minute, but uh, it's called tetrasilver tetroxide. It's a molecule made of four uh, elements of silver, ions of silver, with four uh, molecules of oxygen, and it works literally like a pyramid. You've heard of pyramid power. Mm -hmm. It's these little pyramid structures of oxygen and silver that literally take the energy that exists all around us in the universe and zaps, electrocutes, in fact, explodes the pathogens, leaving with, with no side effects. It simply disintegrates and fries any virus or bacteria or fungus that's trying to invade your body. It's called Tetrasil, and uh, for the folks who want to get that or any of the materials that I've mentioned, there's a toll-free number, and also the website is healthyworlddistributing.com. The toll-free number is 888-508-4787. That's 888-508-4787. So there's so much that has been suppressed about natural healing and the bounty that the Creator's given us all around us to do just that, to heal naturally, effectively, low cost, low risk, and instead we're being induced into sickness. One of the, in fact, the number one cause of death in the United States today, make no mistake about it, is what's called iatrogenesis, or I call it iatrogenocide. Physician-induced, drug-induced side effects, illnesses, and that statistic, by the way, that a lot of folks out there, a lot of experts are now heralding, they say, oh, well, it's the third leading cause of death, but others are saying, no, it's the first leading cause of death. Even the ones who are saying it's the first leading cause of death are not considering vaccinations as part That's of the part picture. Of so hideously, we have millions of people dying annually in the United States alone right now that have been induced to death by these medical deities. And that serves as a lesson for us, for particularly those who have the love of the Creator in our hearts and in our bloodstreams. The fact is we place our faith and trust in the Creator for restoration and sustenance 
where he always comes through. You place your faith and trust in the medical deities where they poison you, and you're going to get what you sow. Yep, i got to agree with you. You know, the body is an alchemical miracle, and allowed to do its thing, it will do its thing. And uh, I, think, I think you're right. I think there's an onslaught against the body and against health, and it's not a healthcare industry. It's an industry of death and, 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 and disease, obviously, because that's, what, uh, that's, where, the, that's where the greenback lies. Yeah, and I want to thank you, and, and your listeners should thank you, your stations should thank you for articulating this little-known reality. People really need to hear this, and public health officials are not sustaining and, uh, and curing or even protecting people as much as you are on this show tonight, Mike. Well, Len, you're doing a wonderful job, too, and I'm sorry we're going to have to cut it a little bit short. I, I, I'll make the offer out here publicly. I'd love to have you back on the program so we can talk about this stuff at length. And um, uh, in the meantime, we will make sure everyone that I can reach knows what's happening. We'll, we'll, we'll give out that 800 number again, 888-508-4787, and, of course, the website at drlenhorowitz.com. And uh, I've got stuff posted up on my forum, and I just hope people will... Like you say, just uh, wake up and pay attention to what's happening in the world around them because uh, it really is in, in our own hands and, and we have to take charge of it. Otherwise, like you say, you get what you deserve, you know? Yeah, thanks so much, brother. I appreciate that and I will be happy to join you again for a longer time. All right, wonderful, Len. Thanks again. And uh, everybody, this is Dr. Len Horowitz and, and uh, he's written a number of wonderful books. And in fact, Len, you mentioned uh, your D- the, the DNA Spiral book and I, and I know... That book, because Dr. Michael Heisen's work was uh, referenced in there, of course, we were talking about sound, and we'll be talking about sound all night uh, tonight, but the dolphins, of course, uh, uh, fall right into this particular area of the puzzle. Right, and the real simple book that I wrote for your average layperson to really get the five steps for healing and prevention is called Healing Celebrations. And there's even a website that we put up to give you a summary of it. It's called HealingCelebrations.com. And uh, just order that book if you have a desire to really save yourselves and <laughs> save your family and loved ones. No doubt. You know, I, I, uh, I have children. And as a matter of fact, I have a new child that was just born last Thursday. And, and a three-year-old on top of that. So I'm, you know, concerned and aware and... Uh, there are wonderful doctors everywhere, actually. You know, it just depends on if you if you know what to look for. Uh, in our community here, we're a relatively small community, uh, but certainly there are a small percentage of very good, enlightened, thinking physicians. You know, so you got to go out there and find great. them. Yes, it's exactly. What, it's a responsibility that we owe to ourselves and our children to do that type of due diligence to find those good people. All right. Well, you're one of them, Doc, and um, I look forward to talking to you again, okay? Thanks a lot, Mike. All right. Bye-bye. Hang in there, and uh, we wish you the best. Our prayers and our thoughts are out there with you, and you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Dr. Len Horowitz on the web, D-R-L-E-N Horowitz, H-O-R-O-W-I-T-Z.com, drlenhorowitz.com. Go over there, check it out, find out what's happening, and do what you can to help the good doctor and his family, and uh, and by extension, Lots and lots of other families and lots and lots of other children out there. And uh, eventually maybe your own. Okay? All right. So uh, let's slide the music back up here for a second. And uh, we'll make a little transition here. We'll come back in just a few minutes 
with Yeshe Dorje. One more time, big thanks to Dr. Len Horowitz. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit.
right. Hi, everybody. It's Mike. I'm back at you here just a few minutes before midnight. And I've got a couple things to talk about here before we bring on Yeshe Dorje. And we'll speak to Yeshe about some of this wonderful music that we've been enjoying for the last hour. And we're going to continue to listen to it throughout the rest of the program. Uh, at any rate, I've got a couple things I want to take care of real fast, though, uh, because we had sort of a abbreviated first hour there because we snuck Len Horowitz in, and I'm glad that we did. Uh, but uh, real quick, hello to everybody listening over the web, live or otherwise. We are streaming right now and every week via Cosmic Waves Radio on the web, www.cosmicwavesradio.com. Of course, uh, you can always find information about this program at MikeHagan, H-A-G-A-N.com, and about the show and the station in general at kopn.org. All right, thanks to Larry. The wonderful web wizard, as always, doing great stuff. He's got some wonderful desktop and screensaver uh, downloads for you available at the website if you're interested in that. Uh, thanks to all the people that are sending art and music. I love it. Send more. We'll play it. Um, little change tonight. As I said, we, we will have the healing music of Padma Sound System. We'll have this playing up front or in the background throughout the entire program tonight. And, uh, well, check it out and just let us know what you think, okay? One more time on the web, go over to MikeHagan.com. You'll have access to everything we're doing. So take a look-see, all right? And let me know what you think. The forum is up and running. There is a live chat that is up and active right now. We'll be peeking in there occasionally for questions and comments. And we will uh, speak with uh, Yeshe Dorje in just a minute. All right. Okay, next week, Dr. Alan Goldstein, been on the program before, uh, Doctor of uh, Molecular Biology, Alfred University in New York State, <clears throat> the author of iNanobot and a whole series of amazing nanobiotechnology articles uh, at salon.com. An interesting and amazing human being, as a matter of fact, Dr. Alan Goldstein, next week. And let's see, on the 9th, we've got Jonathan Zapp. Jonathan Zapp, yeah, uh, an associate of John Major Jenkins and that whole gang. And uh, Jonathan and I have been speaking off the air a little bit over the last week or two, and it's going to be a great show. We've got Dale Pendell coming up, Jan Irvin, G. Edward Griffin. Not sure yet, but I'm still working on that. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but I'm trying to get Ed Griffin to come back and talk about the Federal Reserve. Uh, Jim Beard, a wonderful Lakota elder. Dr. Roland Griffiths, if I can get him. Jose Yakaman, if I can get him. And who knows what else, okay? We didn't do space weather tonight. We'll do it next week. Uh, suffice to say, it's been an amazing few days. The 22nd had this incredible annular eclipse in the south, uh, in the southern hemisphere. The equinox, of course, beginning that same day around midnight Eastern time on Saturday night. Actually, Saturday morning, Friday night, I guess. And the beginning of autumn for the northern hemisphere. And also, the birth of my son my second son as a matter of fact and his name is Lucas as a matter of fact his name is Lucas Timothy Hagen and he was born on September 21st and I thank all my friends out there and my family and everyone who helped uh, make that happen and I have a wonderful poem that I'd like to read real quickly here before we bring Yeshe on the um, on the air that was sent to me by my good friend and a loyal friend too. His name is Bob Bolt and he's a wonderful guy. He's an amazing writer and an artist 
and he wrote this for my son. And I'll read it to you, and then we'll come back in just a minute with Yeshe Dorje, otherwise known as Lewis Humphreys. He was, uh, his given name, of course, was Lewis Humphreys, but he was given another name later in his life. So we'll come back with that in just a moment. In the meantime, here we have it, a poem for Lucas. Lucas, the long-awaited one is here, arriving pre the cusp of the equinox year, with you is the honor of the goddess red, tussled with fall leaves over your head, bouncing in the harvest hay, baby boy, your mother's love, your father's joy. You bring your promise to this year's end, bring your light, our hearts to mend. May the earth be your cradle's toy, and the moon a bauble you bounce with joy. Our hearts you have already won. Hail Lucas, Mike's brand new son.
All right, good evening, everybody. It's just a few minutes after midnight, now on the 26th of June, <laughs> hardly, the 26th of September, 2006. I got the solstice confused with the equinox, I guess. At any rate, it's Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM, your imagination station. My guest tonight is Lewis Humphreys, also known as Yeshe Dorje. He's a very interesting, amazing man. He's a musician, an amazing vocalist, and a man with a very interesting background and life story. He's a member of a group of musicians that call themselves Padma Sound System, and they're interested in many things, among them healing with sound. And I'd like to read something for you before we bring Yeshe on the air with us here. And it is actually called the Padma Sound System Manifesto. And I'd like to begin the show with that manifesto. It goes like this. Think global, act galactic. Our collective intention is to meaningfully benefit others. Right now, OM, all phenomena of existence are beyond any fixed frame of reference and free of mental construct. Ah, the unceasing appearances are all the vast and miraculous expression of love. Hung. From the light rays streaming from our hearts appears the Padma celestial palace. By the emanation and return of light and sound through the profound meditative concentration of the marvelous display, our collective intention creates healing. We are a collective of sonic architects dedicated to healing the planet and all its beings. We generate compassion to illuminate sound and form. The human heart is the center of the mandala. Music unites the heart and the mind through bliss. We live in coherent cities of ceaseless activity. Human alienation and disease is rooted in environmental degradation and incoherence. We create sacred sound mandalas to nurture interconnection. We are the resonant coherence, the stillness within, we offer our body, speech, and mind for the benefit of all. Louis Yeshe, it's a hey. pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And uh, congratulations on the birth of your son. I'm happy to be here at such a time of joy in your life. It really is. It's a time of, of amazing joy and uh, well, some difficulty thrown in and a little, 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 uh, uh, little tiredness and that sort of thing, but an absolute miracle. And um, I couldn't be more uh, blessed. Yeah, I, I, I can uh, certainly relate with getting uh, the days and times of the year confused at this time <laughs> in your life. <laughs> it's totally understandable. All right, well, look, uh, I've got a little music playing here in the background. We're going to continue that throughout the program with you. This particular uh, piece we're hearing is called White Tara. And it's wonderful stuff. And for people, before we get uh, deeply into the program here, Hop on the web, and you can grab some of the stuff for your own selves if you'd like. The website for Yeshe Dorje and the whole gang at Padma Sound System is PadmaSoundSystem.com. And Padma is spelled P-A-D-M-A, Sound System, S-O-U-N-D-S-Y-S-T-E-M.com, just like it sounds. All right, so PadmaSoundSystem.com. This particular piece that we're listening to right now, everything you've heard earlier in the evening, all available on the website there, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the website as we move along. But 
but Lewis, uh, Yeshe, thank you very much for uh, for joining me tonight, and uh, let's get on with things, okay? All right. Greetings from Arizona. Wonderful. You're in the Sedona area, is that correct? Actually, I'm uh, I'm in Tucson. In Tucson, okay. Um, all right. First things first. Let's learn a little bit about you. How did you get involved in this? Tell us a little bit about your life story. Well, uh, I have uh, always been a musician and uh, spent a lot of time uh, experimenting with sound throughout my life. And uh, as I grew in my own spiritual practice and in Buddhism, I wanted to combine my interest in uh, sound and music with my practice. And I met a wonderful cellist, Nancy Green. Mm. And the two of us started to work together. Nancy is a uh, very uh, uh, well-respected classical cellist, and uh, she's also interested in shamanism. Mm. And the two of us had a similar interest. We both wanted to combine our life's passion with our spiritual uh, interests. And uh, so that's basically how the group started, was just um, two people trying to grow in their own spiritual lives and trying to express themselves through music. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and Nancy might not be that well recognized here, but certainly in Europe her name is pretty familiar, I imagine. Well, I, you know, um, she is uh, an interesting story. Um, she uh, has uh, had a great early career and then, uh, like a lot of women, uh, decided her family was more important and so concentrated on a recording career and so I, I encourage your listeners to also check out Nancy's website at uh, nancygreencello.com mm, okay. to listen to her music um, but essentially um, I'm a, a vocalist and I play didgeridoo and I do a lot of uh, things to our music with the computer and software uh, and I've uh, got a lot of similar interests to your listeners. Um, so it's a really good fit to be here tonight and to be talking to everybody because a lot of the things that you discuss and on your website and the guests that you've had come on are uh, people that I myself am interested in. And, and really all these ideas that you discuss inform a lot of our music. And um, there's so many departure points for us tonight Mike, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to know where to begin, but you know, I noticed that you had John Major Jenkins on. Sure. And uh he was talking about the alignment in 2012. So I thought it'd be fun to get people interested and maybe get some listeners uh into your chat room and talking to us. Um I'd ask people um to take a look at the free downloads page of my website at patmasoundsystem.com there's a song on there called Bardo Song Shonda Mix and in there is a kind of code and if your listeners are clever they're going to see the relationship <laughs> between Alignment 2012 and John Major Jenkins and his ideas so let's throw that out there as a kind of challenge to people to see if they're really listening tonight alright we'll do, we'll do that and actually uh the song, uh, and I, I hesitate to call them songs uh, because they're uh, opuses in many cases and, and, and lengthy and, and wonderful, but the one we're listening to right now has got another 10 or 11 minutes, 
and I think we'll actually follow that up with uh, with the Bardo song, the, 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 the Shonda mix that you just finished re- Excellent. recently. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Let me talk a little bit about our approach to our music and explain it a little bit more to people yeah, so that they have a better idea of what we're about. Yeah, tell us uh, a little bit about, about the band, about the band of, of characters and, and, and what you guys are actually interested in doing. Well, after Nancy and I got together and we started to talk about, you know, wanting to uh, combine our interests and... Um, I started to read a lot about uh, sound healing and got very interested in sound healing. I'd had some interest in the past, and I was very interested in Jonathan Goldman, who I think is a wonderful uh, musician and sound healer, and uh, I'd listened a lot to a CD of his called Chakra Chants and really benefited from listening to that. So I'd had a direct experience of sound healing my, on my own, and uh, I started to really think hard and long about it and realized that I think most music is sound healing. And uh, I think that there are some exceptions, but for the most part, people listen to music because it makes them feel good. Hmm. And there's something, you know, very visceral about it. No doubt. So uh, I started to explore that. And uh, initially, Nancy and I performed with just me doing vocal overtones. I do uh, vocal overtone singing in the tradition of... Um, the Kumi singers in Mongolia or the uh, Tibetan monks who also do uh, overtone singing. Yeah, that, that, that's sort of like the, um, gosh, what do they call it? Uh, throat, throat, throat singing. Throat singing, yeah. yes. Just the same. And uh, so I, I was actually sitting in Oak Creek Canyon in Sedona one one sunny day meditating and all of a sudden those sounds just started coming out of me i i don't really claim any responsibility for it i blame it on i blame it on the energy of uh sedona um it's a pretty magical place but i i taught myself how to do uh vocal overtoning and so nancy and i started out doing vocal overtoning and uh she was playing cello and i was chanting mantra and you know fairly quickly i felt like it was pretty limited I think I think boring might be a good a good way to discuss it. Um, and we needed more people. And so uh, I um, met a really wonderful vocalist, Angie Edge, who's so talented and uh, has uh, given our music this color and uh, vibrancy that. Um, I, I could never have expected. She really adds so much. And so her voice is the high um, alto or soprano voice that you'll hear kind of soaring through our songs and really kind of weaving these beautiful lines through our music. And um, we also were joined by different people along the way um, as the group uh, started to kind of express itself and I started to come up with the idea that we were creating sound mandalas. The um, Tibetan Buddhism's dear to my heart, and the uh, Tibetan monks, of course, create sand mandalas. And I love to uh, do plays on words. Um, and so I uh, I came up with the concept sound mandala. Wow, that's wonderful. T- tell people what a mandala is. A mandala is actually... Um, an expression of sacred space, and uh, it's a sacred architecture. So it's sacred geometry, and um, there's different versions of mandalas. The Tibetan monks create uh, sand mandalas 
that are um, based on a blueprint that they draw, and then they very carefully uh, use uh, sand, colored sand, to color in these blueprints over a, a long period of time, often three days or a week, to create a sand mandala. And it's a temporary structure, and at, and it is meant to represent an actual sacred space. So they're creating a sacred space in which the deities reside. And so having this awareness that, that that's what a sand mandala is, I started to get all kinds of concepts about creating sacred space with sound and creating sonic architecture and using our music to create a sacred space which would envelop the listener and they would then receive the blessings that are inherent in the Tibetan Buddhist mantra. You don't have to be a Buddhist to benefit from listening to our music. Uh, all you really need is an intention to heal and an intention to benefit from listening to our music and a desire to ease your suffering. So when we create these sound mandalas, how we create them is with intention. Our intention is to create sound that benefits the listener. Wow. And <clears throat> it's really interesting. The interesting point to me, or one of them, is that, and you made it, uh, sand mandalas are temporary. Yeah. And so is music in, in, in many ways. Live music, certainly. Um, Everything's temporary. Everything. <laughs> certainly all flows, you know. Um uh, but I, I'm I'm also sort of all of a sudden hit by crop formations, believe it or not, uh -huh. because it's a similar thing. It's yeah, I do. I, I see the similarity completely. Yeah, they're 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 mandalic in nature, but they're also temporary. You know. Yeah. Um, at any rate, okay, very interesting stuff. So uh, so sound mandalas. We're trying to create a sacred space where the deities live that we can benefit from. Exactly. And I don't think, you know, it takes a leap of faith to start talking about deities and things like that. And I don't, I don't really think that that's as important as just creating a space, a safe place where you can relax and calm your mind. Um, I, I, it's, I'm not um, promoting any kind of theistic uh, philosophy here. Um, really what I'm trying to do is to create... Uh, a simple expression of the Dharma, um, but something that's accessible to everyone. Okay, again, Dharma, a word from the Buddhist literature that many people may not be familiar with. What is Dharma? Uh, dharma are, is really the teachings of the Buddha, the Buddha who uh, was born as a human being and um, became enlightened through a lot of seeking. Uh, in the course of his lifetime as a human being. And then once he became enlightened, he gave teachings. And all of his teachings can be thought of as the Dharma. Okay. All right. So how long has the the band Padma Sound been together? How long have you guys been per performing together? Well, that's the pretty cool thing about um, us is we're very young. You know, we've only really been creating this music since May. Wow. And in May... Um, the group really kind of came together, and Tim Arbon, uh, another vocalist, uh, joined our group. Um, 
and he's an artist and uh, a Dharma practitioner and uh, a very uh, wonderful spirit uh, to be around. And um, we also invited uh, Arian Hart, who's an interesting Dutch uh, artist, and he's a vocalist in the group as well. Um, we also have Heidi Wilson, who is um, uh, an avant-garde jazz musician who's done a lot of free jazz and is also a very talented um, in- integrative uh, medicine practitioner. She uh, practices craniosacral massage. Oh, right on. And so um, I'm just saying, and then Barry Young in the last month has joined our group uh, in, as, a, as a kind of sonic architect. He's, he's my Brian Eno. Huh. <laughs> And uh, um, uh, he and I worked together on uh, producing the music. I produced most of the music that's up on the website, and now Barry and I are working together producing the music. And that's that's the whole lineup. We've just been together since May, and um, we're uh, really getting to the point now where the music is it's got a life of its own, and we come together every. Uh, Wednesday and perform at a yoga uh, center here in town, a beautiful place called Yoga Oasis. And I record all of our performances and uh, then put them up on the website as a podcast. So it's a very unique, uh, a very unique group in in that uh, in that way because I really believe that our sound mandalas are created to help people adjust to the shifting earth energies that are taking place right now so that as each coronal mass ejection happens as as the sun explodes as the earth explodes in different ways the energy is shifting and we're all being asked to grow and shift at this time so our music is being created these sound mandalas are being created to actually with the intention of helping people go through this shift and so the podcast each week is meant to put up fresh music uh, fresh sounds that help people to adjust to the shifting energies that's why I have the link to the uh, space weather uh, on several pages of my website it's to kind of clue people in who are in the know like your listeners would be um, that we're also aware of the shifting earth energies and uh, our intention is to create these sound mandalas to benefit people and help them go through the shift. So you can see as we talk during the, the next little while, Mike, we're going to get pretty deep into a lot of different things here. Yeah, it's amazing because I did certainly notice on your website there's also uh, there's some links over to, to space weather type uh, websites, but also you guys are very aware of what's happening on the sun. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm a sun bug myself, you know, mm-hmm. and I pay attention to that stuff. And obviously, uh, who wouldn't? I mean, if you're paying attention, the sun is the one thing in our local uh, neck of the woods that you better be paying attention to because it sort of runs the show, if you know what I mean. Well, and, uh, you know, the, the Mayans in their long count pointing us to 2012 mm. and to December 21st and that special time on December 21st, uh, 2012 that's related to the Bardo song, everyone. Which is uh, that's the clue. on right now, as a matter of fact. That's the clue right there. So somebody might pick up on 
the clue. Anyway, uh, the idea here is that um, we're heading into another solar max uh, period, and the sun is really going to be more active than it has ever been. And I personally believe, I, 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 I just have an intuition about this. I'm, I really know nothing about these things. I'm, I'm a real neophyte when it comes to these things. But I, I, I honestly, personally believe that the sun influences human behavior and it influences our emotions. And so if you can find a way to align yourself with the sun and with the activity of the sun, and help yourself to adjust to that activity, then this coming period of turmoil will be a little easier for you. It won't be easy, but it'll be a little easier, and at least you'll be a little bit more aware of how these changes are taking place and what's happening. That's why it's important to be aware that, you know, a lot of this stuff that's going on in the Earth is really coming from the solar system and from the sun and even from intergalactic gamma ray bursts and things like that. I know you've had other guests on who've spoken about things like that. Right. All right. Well, look, uh, let's let people enjoy this a little bit, okay? Sure. Uh, I'm going to move the slider up and we'll take a break here. We'll come back with Yeshe Dorje. We'll talk more about sound. We'll talk more about mandalas. We'll talk about Buddhism. We'll talk about life and love and the universe. And we'll do it in a few minutes, okay? But in the meantime, check this out. This is called the Bardo Song. It's the Shonda mix. It's one that's been recently recorded. And I'm going to let you enjoy it for a good, a good long time here, probably six, seven minutes or so. And we'll come back and we'll continue our conversation with Yeshe Dorje. In the meantime, on the web, PadmaSoundSystem.com. And also, uh, uh, Yeshe has another website that is actually called um, uh, Photonic Manifesto. PhotonicManifesto. Or is it dot .org? Dot .com. Dot .com, okay. Uh, PhotonicManifesto.com. And uh, both very interesting sites with lots of information and lots of uh, free downloads and all that sort of stuff. So check it out and uh, enjoy this. We'll be back in just a minute. My name is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. Back in just a few with Yeshe Dorje.
All right, everybody, that was Bardo's song, the Shonda mix from Padma Sound System. And uh, for those of you who listen to the program often enough, you'll know that Bardo is a word you hear on this program, but not typically in this context. To me, Bardo is my friend Kent Stedman, the guy who runs cyberspaceorbit.com. And if you're interested in space weather or the sun or things of that nature, that's the place to go. Cyberspaceorbit.com. Go check out the Bard. In the meantime, this is Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit. We're on the web at MikeHagan.com. It's KOPN Columbia, your imagination station, on the web at KOPN.org. And my guest tonight is uh, Yoshe Dorje. And uh, Yeshe is coming to us live from his home in Arizona. And let's get right back to him now. On the web, by the way, at PadmaSoundSystem.com and also PhotonicManifesto.com. Hi, Yeshe. Hey. How's it going? Great. Wonderful stuff. Now, you know, I was going to get on the web and start searching for those lyrics because it's so familiar to me, and I know that I've heard the original. I want to say Peter Gabriel, but it's not. But No. What is that from? Well... The um, a lot of the a lot of the lyrics are um, original. Um, each performance we extemporize, and um, usually I'm making stuff up as I go along. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, the lyrics from that song, some of it is from "Tomorrow Never Knows" by the Beatles. The Beatles. Yeah. And there's another song by George Harrison. Um, which is uh, called The Farther One Travels, hmm. The Less One Knows. <laughs> and uh, so, um, you know, the, the, my, uh, my friend Barry and I, when we were traveling out to Pasadena, where that song was recorded, the basic uh, elements of that song were recorded at a, a place called Insight Yoga in Pasadena, California. Okay. And uh, we were listening to a lot of um, Beatles music on the way out there and just being amazed by George and how wise he was and mm. how clever his lyrics were. And so in that uh, performance, Barry is actually singing to me um, parts of uh, the song that we really liked, and I'm singing it back to him. Uh, but it fits perfectly, the the uh, lyrics of the song fit perfectly with that, with that song. The, that song's um, really, uh, well, a few things your listeners should know. First, the when we perform, it's not a traditional performance in the sense that the audience is actually lying down on yoga mats with their eyes closed. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, during the course of the evening, we'll go out into the audience with Tibetan music bowls and uh, medicine bowls and things like that. And uh, we'll go around and do hands-on work and healing work and things like that. The Bardo song is the last song of the evening for us. And what it's referring to, the Bardo in uh, Tibetan um, philosophy is the in-between place. The place. It's literally, the bardo is, is literally in-between uh, when you translate it from Tibetan into English. And what it means is um, the, uh, 
the place in between life and death. Wow. That's typically how people think of it. But it also can be thought of as um, this lifetime, the, this this life that we have is a bardo between this life and, and another life. Yeah. And it can also be thought of in terms of um, meditation, a meditation. During your meditation, you or in your dreams, you enter into a dream bardo. Mm -hmm. um, now, when we do the bardo song, what my intention is, is to kind of... Um, let people know that the the only way out of suffering, the only way out of the bardo, is through love, through an expression of love, through finding love, through uh, feeling love, and that's why the chorus of the song, uh, if you want to call it a chorus, it's not a traditional song structure, but the repeated line that we kind of build up to is, it is love, mm -hmm. and that's um, also what I think the Beatles embody and why people love them so much. You know, all you need is love. All you need is love. And all of that. So that's kind of our connection. And um, I, uh, when Barry and I sat down this weekend to, we're actually uh, creating different edits of that song for radio play and for uh, video that we had done when we were in L.A. seems like everybody we met was a filmmaker while we were there. Um, so we were really lucky and got some video footage shot of us while we were there. And there, um, So this song is really meant to be our kind of first, um, I guess, attempt to create a popular form of sound healing that people would download on their iPods. All right. Um, a couple of questions. First of all, we were speaking earlier about san, uh, sand mandalas, yeah. and about regardless if there's a theistic impression, there are certainly that that can be one of the interpretations where people say that the spirits come through these particular uh, vehicles. Uh, but you mentioned singing bowls, uh, Tibet, yeah. Tibetan bowls. They also are are said to con to contain spirits. Is, is this a similar idea? Um. Yeah, well, they're very, very powerful traditional form of healing that goes way, way back. And um, the actual um, bowls themselves are made up of many different metals. Mm. Um, and uh, some actually have um, uh, the metal from meteorites uh, uh, included in them, um, and which gives them a very uh, special quality um, that... Uh, I think of as like a telecommunication device. So um, it it kind of, you know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Japanese philosopher um, and scientist uh, Masahiro Emoto. Emoto, sure, the, the guy that's done all the work with water. Exactly, okay. Right. So what I think of when I think of the medicine bowls and how we use them, um, it's not necessarily... Um, well, I think that everything that we're doing is kind of an expression of Buddhist deities. That's just my idea. That's just my thoughts about it. When you think of it just in terms of sound vibrations and sound frequencies and think about it in those ways, you can think about it in terms like Masahiro Emoto talks about it when he took uh, pictures of water and um, he... Uh, um, chanted different words into the water 
and then he would take a, a molecular, a, a, a microscopic photo of the molecular structure of the water and show that it was actually being changed by vibration, the frequency of the sound. I think in the film that was out just a little while ago by uh, Michael Gondry um, that uh, had Kate Winslet and um, a couple of other people in it. It was called the uh, Eternal Spotless, the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Huh. In that, they show those pictures. So it's it's been popularly seen. But if you go onto the web, you can see it as well in other places. And the idea is that sound vibration actually changes the water on a molecular level. Mm -hmm. Well, we're mostly made up of water. That's right. And so I uh, have taken that kind of idea um, and believe that when we go out and we're chanting mantra and we're playing these singing bowls, those singing bowls have certain frequencies. And the frequencies have been honed and um, fired over the centuries to create particular kinds of frequencies that affect people in different ways. Very specific. In other words, they're, they're made with great intention. With great intention, and so we actually use them on different pe places on on people's bodies. So as as we're as you're listening to all that music that you're playing tonight, you need to envision a, a large number of people lying down in a room and us making the music and also moving around the room and playing these medicine bowls. It's really quite an experience, mm. and people get into a very the effect. So, what is the effect? What what happens to people? What is the result of being inside the sound mandala? What is the result of having the mantra sung with them? And what is the result of the medicine bowls being used? Well, the result is that people have um, what some people might call the relaxation response, or what other people might refer to as a Kundalini rising experience. Um, other people might just refer to it as a deep meditative state that they get into. Wow. Um, all right, let's see. I had, well, I'm, I'm, the reason I'm pausing is because I'm, I'm looking in the chat room, too, and there are people that, are, that have questions in there. Excellent. And before we, before we go there, though, I'd like to ask you a question. Back about the bardo, you said something that, that, that struck me mm -hmm. about its literal, uh, literal meaning being the in-between place, something like that. And I think, I think about the Chinese symbol, the, the yin and the yang, and about how you have the, you know, the sort of white half, the fish-like looking thing on the white half, and then the black half, right? Yeah. And I had a friend years ago that said to me, and he was, and he was no uh, guru or, you know, uh, any, any particular... He was just he was just observant, is what he was. Uh -huh. And he said, you know, Mike, it's not the black side and it's not the white side; it's the border in between. That's the important part. Mm -hmm. And and I thought about that a lot, and I and I actually think uh, again about what you mentioned about sleep and dream. And there's this place in between the waking state and the dreaming state. They actually call it hypnagogia. 
And again, it reminds me of the same thing, this in-between place where, where, where the rules of the waking world sort of apply, but the rules of the dream world also apply there. And sort of uh, it becomes malleable, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if that was a question, but it's an interesting thing to talk about. And uh, I, I really think more and more that we're entering a time where we're sort of walking between worlds and that people have a choice that they can make. Do they want to continue to perpetuate this world of uh, fear-based consciousness, a uh, control consciousness, or do they want to throw off the shackles of the fear and the control and move into another world? And so we're definitely in an in-between place. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of your listeners who read a lot of the material that's uh, available to them about earth changes and things like that are experiencing a lot of confusion and fear about what's going to happen. And um, it can be very confusing. And unfortunately, what happens to a lot of people is they think, what's the point? If the world's going to end, what's the point? And there is a point. The, the point is, like, let's make a new world. Mm. You know, and so I think the whole idea about this, you know, this place in between the yin and the yang, it's sort of the way that you describe it. I think that's the place right now where we can do some work because it's not a black and white world that we live in. It's right, not right. it's not either or, it's both and it's both and. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more and I think it's a great observation that you make that we have at least seemingly among the population there's a great percentage of people that are unaware of anything particularly going on. Uh, in other words, they, if you talk about earth changes or changes on the sun or the solar system or anything on a grander level, they, many, uh, a large percentage of people would, would not even be tapped into that. Right. Then you have a smaller percent of people that are actually tapped into that stuff that are saying, oh my gosh, there are big changes that are under underway on the planet right now. Yeah. But out of those people, there's actually a very small, small percentage of those that actually think something positive is going to happen. Most of those people that are looking at earth changes and, and uh, you know, just the, 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 the bigger picture of what's happening on the planet, they're primarily doom and gloomers that say, oh my God, it's all over. Well, go back in your memory banks to the films from the 50s where you see all the school kids that are being taught to duck under their desks, <laughs> where you see all the people who've had to build bomb shelters in the backyards and things like that. Right. That's control mind. And I think that a lot of the information that's out there that's fear-based, that's you know telling people these earth changes are coming, the world's going to end and everything like that, to me, to my mind, it's the same as duck under your desks, go into your bomb shelters. It's the um, Cold War, you know. I think that this information can be used to control people and to create fear. Right. Uh, I was at a teaching with His Holiness the Dalai Lama in Toronto uh, last year, um, and it was a, a big public talk in the Sky Dome there. And um, he had a question from the audience, which is, Basically, there's so much bad news that I'm reading every day about the war in Iraq, about uh, the um, tsunami and things like that. And uh, I'm very concerned about what's happening in the world. What do I do? You know, how do I react? 
And His Holiness said, well, it's true that there are many bad things that are happening. The fact of the matter is, is that the media concentrates on a lot of negativity and a lot of negative things. But, in fact, there are many, many more small acts of kindness and uh, uh, acts of loving kindness that go on unreported that far outnumber the negative things that are happening that people don't pay attention to. And and the the message that I was left with was that that loving kindness is ever-expanding and increasing. And, in fact, the negativity is eventually going to be overwhelmed by the loving kindness and the and the positive things. And that's the world that I choose to live in. That's the world that I want to create. That's that's the world that I, I want to see for my daughter, huh. you know, and for your son. No doubt. No doubt about it. You know, um, you were talking briefly earlier about... Uh, the scientist, Professor or Dr. Emoto, the Japanese yeah. uh, man who works this amazing research with water, right? And he 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 shows and that again the molecular structure, the crystalline structure of the water changes depending on what uh, type of sound is is being applied to it. Basically, and the first thing I think of is careful what you say. Aha! Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think of I think of. Uh, it's it's funny because I was thinking about this with my wife earlier, believe it or not. That's so fruitless, and I think of too, Mike. Hopefully she's not listening right now, but I think about uh, the uh, Alice in Wonderland. There's this wonderful line from, from Alice in Wonderland where um, the Dormouse says, Say what you mean and mean what you say. I do. Yeah. <laughs> right? And yeah. that's so true because because what Dr. Emoto shows very clearly is that when we have nasty intention, bad words, uh, it has a very interesting effect on the water. And again, as you point out, we're primarily made of water. Yeah. So let's talk about this for a moment. Actually, th- th- this um, uh, it actually ties into a question that, that has shown up in, in the chat room. Okay. And a gentleman or woman, I'm not sure, uh, asks there... Uh, if sound can be used for healing, can it also be used negatively? Can people use it as a weapon, for example? And I certainly know that words can be used, language can be used as a weapon. What do you think about that? Well, you know, um, I know that there's a lot of psyops research because I've done a lot of research. When I say psyops, I think you know what I mean. Military-industrial complex, the military establishment has done a lot of research into how to use sound as a weapon. I know that there's been a weapon, there's been weaponization of sound. Um, um, you know, some really low frequencies can be used uh, destructively. Um, and I think that you can see the negative effect that some music has on young people especially. I've seen it over the course of my lifetime. I was born in 1958. Um, so I've kind of watched the evolution of modern music, you know, from from rockabilly and rock and roll and the blues up to, you know, today. Right. And uh, I can definitely see how somewhere along the way in the 70s and 80s, this dark negative energy expresses itself in music 
in a way that I don't think you can find in in the past. So, you know, those are the first things that come to mind. All right. Well, uh, I don't want to dwell too much on it. Certainly, like all things, you know, music, sound is a technology, I guess. And technology can be sort of used however the uh, the intentioner well, intends. Well, th- think about your, your newborn son. The first... The first sense that developed in his awareness was uh, his sense of sound. Mm. Before smell, taste, or touch, or anything else, he started to hear. Right. Um, My teacher, um, uh, His Eminence Garchin Rinpoche, uh, taught me that um, uh, that things here on our in our world began with sound, and. Um, well, that, I mean, that's the way. All, that's the way all the all the West. It's very inter- ironic, as a matter of fact. You know, it's interesting that a, a Buddhist wise man says this, but the three Western religions—Buddhism—I'm I'm sorry, uh, Christianity, Islam, and uh, Judaism—all begin with. In the beginning was the Word, yeah. and the Word became flesh. I mean, this yeah. is the, this is the primary thesis of all of those things. Yeah, and uh, I think that there's you know, and also uh, in my research, I've learned that. The first medicine was sound. Before plants were used, sound was used. Amazing. And so what's interesting to me is, um, like as Masahiro Emoto is talking about, something is as simple and as important to our existence as water is very little understood. Mm. It's poorly understood. Right, right, right. You know, and the same with sound. We take it for granted. We we use sound to find our way through the world. It's really you know um, right up there with sight and as you know an importance to how we communicate and, and interact and and make our way through the world. And yet we really take it for granted and don't really pay much attention to it at all. Um, but what I've noticed is that the the beneficial quality of a good intention in sound is is incredible um, and there's more and more uh, uh, acceptance of this in modern conventional science and, and medicine um, where uh, more and more hospitals are using sound um, to benefit people you know and I, I'm talking about um, I'm talking about sound that has an intention to it I don't, I don't, I'm not really, um, I, I don't really like new age music, and I find that a lot of new age music has, um, taken the emotion out of sound hmm. and made it be this perfect world, which is all kind of nice. And that's not what we're about. You know, when we perform, we bring all of our emotions and everything into it, um, uh, because people are experiencing those emotions and it's the full panoply of the human um, expression and awareness that we're really dealing with. So, you know, I think your listener uh, is is right to be concerned about sound being used in a, in a negative way because I think it is often, I think it's um, in the past few years been used in a negative way in the State of the Union speech, if I might say so. Mm. Yeah, the misrepresentation of language. I mean, whether you're singing it 
or saying it, you know, speaking it, uh, it's very, very powerful. Well, and everybody says talk to talk your walk, you know, walk the right, talk. Walk the talk, right. You know, and I think for somebody who's on a spiritual path, they learn that that's one of the most difficult things to do. Hmm. It really is. And so for my own uh, spiritual development, uh, the group and what we're doing is really, that's a big part of it. It's like, how do I actually put this into practice? Right. How, do, how do I really make it real hmm. and in a way that really benefits people? Because in Buddhism, your, your intention, especially in the kind of Buddhism I practice, Vajrayana Buddhism, your intention is to be of benefit to all beings and to attain enlightenment for the benefit of all beings and then to return to this uh, world as a human being and continue the cycle until all beings are free from suffering. And so how do you actually, how do, you actually do that? That's the question. And so... For me, that's what the group has become. That's what I'm trying to, to learn and find out is how, how do I do this? And the Padma Sound Systems become my vehicle for my own spiritual transformation, but also as a means to help others. All right. Well, look, uh, Yeshe, we're right at the top of the hour here, actually a couple minutes past, so let's take a little break here, okay? Sure. We'll come back and we'll talk more with my guest. His name is Yeshe Dorje. We're listening right now to a song called Snake Dance from Padma Sound System. And we'll continue on with Shiva in just a couple of minutes here. But we'll be back in just a, a few with Yeshe Dorje on the web at www.padmasoundsystem.com and also Photonic, P-H-O-T-O-N-I-C, PhotonicManifesto.com. All right, it's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM, your imagination station. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Yeshe Dorje.
sneak back in here and uh, lower the music a little bit even though I'd like to just let it roll loud and not say anything it's beautiful absolutely beautiful stuff here we're listening to a piece called Shiva from Padma Sound System it's Mike you're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM your imagination station it's about 10 minutes after 1am on the 26th of September 2006 my guest is Yeshe Dorje, and we're listening to music all night tonight from Padma Sound System, healing music as a matter of fact, and uh, that's been the nature of our conversation about what sound really can do, and we're going to get right back to it now with Yeshe. Hey, man. Hey. Wow, beautiful stuff, and... Um, Thank you. Uh, and other people recognize it as well. I, I, I see you just jumped in the chat room there and P.O., a friend of ours uh, who's a regular listener of the program and always joins us in the chat there he uh, he's actually out of the country in Sweden and um, uh, has a good ear trust me so uh, uh, wonders of the web isn't it something else I love it really it. is I absolutely love it so yeah we've got actually people um, that are subscribing to us through our podcast all over the world now in Poland and uh, Japan and South Africa. I think that's how I got onto your show. Yeah, yeah, a girl in South Africa, actually, who listens should, to my show. We should give a shout-out to Tabby. And Tabby, how about it? Thanks thanks to her, I'm here. No doubt. And, uh, Tabby, thanks for your contribution over at my site, too. I appreciate the conversation that we have over there. And, yeah, the, the, the web is something else. I, I um, We were talking a little bit about shamanism sort of earlier, and one of my... Uh, uh, Major influences was a guy whose name was Terence McKenna, but one of his sure. one of his major influences was an was a guy named Timothy Leary. Right. And and Tim Leary said, uh, you know, he was he was well known for his sort of a tune in, turn on, drop out comment. That was what he was really remembered for. But he said a lot of amazing things. Uh, one of which that didn't get as much uh, exposure, but was probably better advice. 
he said, find the others. Uh-huh. And I don't think he recognized uh, how profound that was at the time because the Internet didn't exist, but, but the Internet really has done that. It gives all of us, no matter how strange, peculiar, marginalized we are, whatever, it gives us the, the opportunity and the ability to go out and find other people that are like us. Yeah, I um, read a quote recently from uh, one of the native elders said, um, the time of the lone wolf is over. It's uh, now time to go out and find your community. <laughs> right on. All right, well, look, I want to give the website address out again here. Everybody, the music you're listening to is from a group of musicians, a very diverse group, as a matter of fact, who all do amazing work on their own, uh, but they're... Uh, they've gotten together to do this project called Padma Sound System, and that's the same uh, name as the website, PadmaSoundSystem.com. And, uh, Yeshe, one other thing. On the, on, on the, in the chat there, it comes up people asking if you're going to have a CD coming out. I'm sure there are people who are listening who are not in the chat who might be interested in the same thing. Do you have a CD that's going to be released at any time? Well, um, we uh, just recorded a full night. Um, we, we have a CD that we've recorded of all the music that you're playing um, that's available, and it's only $5. So for anybody who wants to purchase that CD, it's printed and uh, burned and ready to go, and you can order it through the website. Just contact me at... Um, through our, our website, there's a contact link there on the website at PadmaSoundSystem.com. We also, uh, as I said, in, when we were, I went to Pasadena for the teachings of His Holiness the Dalai Lama and uh, did a series of four performances, and we got an excellent recording out of uh, one of those performances, and uh, we're going to release the full evening, which I think is the best way to experience our music, mm. is really you, you, to really experience what we're doing. Like most things, you you really want to be there. It's like eating fresh fruit as opposed to canned fruit. Right, right, right. But having said that, I don't want to let people think that you're not going to benefit from listening to this new CD. The new CD is going to be the entire evening live. Um, and so it's going to take you. Our intention is to basically transform people's consciousness over the course of about an hour or so. And um, typically we run through different chakras using different uh, keys and frequencies and Tibetan bulls and different Tibetan um, mantra. And for anybody who's um, interested, they can learn more uh, by contacting me. But uh, basically, um, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm I, I'm going to keep my comments about what we're what we're trying to do technically to a minimum, just because it gets too complicated. All right. Well, the uncom the uncomplicated version is that sound has a physical direct effect upon living things. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's, that's obvious, you know, it's so obvious if you just, like, watch kids and how they interact with each other, you know, and, uh, and, or how you interact with your children, what kind of voice mm. you use. And then you take it 
further what kind of voice do you use with your friends what kind of voice do you use with your lover what you kind know, of voice do you use on the radio exactly <laughs> we use this deep seductive voice on the radio don't we Mike yeah yeah. I normally talk like this but <laughs> <laughs> normally that's our normal speaking voice when we're up there oh man alright well uh I have another question here. Um, yes. It comes from email, as a matter of fact. Oh, nice. And uh, this one says, Yeshe, you have another project called Photonic Manifesto. Mike, when, Mike mentioned the website. What is Photonic Manifesto about? Wow, I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> First of all, um, you know, Bardo, your friend, Ken Stedman, sure. um, he really influenced me and my life with his website. He's amazing. Ken is, is the whiz, baby. Yeah, and um, I uh, started to, um, it basically begins with a prayer, the prayer of the spiritual warrior. Looking to the sun, you look at the sun and say, you who are the source of all power, whose rays illuminate the earth, illuminate my heart also so that it too can do your work. Wow, it's beautiful. And I got that from the uh, runes, from the uh, common, commonly available pack of runes. Mm. And I um, really loved the prayer. And I used to look at the sun every day. And I'd stare at the, the sun and I'd say that prayer. And over the course of time, saying that prayer really aligned me with the sun. And our dear friend Terence, mm. uh, who advocated um, certain practices, uh, influenced me as well. And one time when I was in uh, Oak Creek Canyon near Sedona in a meditation um, with some gifts from some mycologists in Colorado. <laughs> clear enough, clear enough. I uh, was able to um, look into a grain of sand and see this light. Mm. And I realized that there was, I basically got the message that there's wisdom in light. Mm. And then I started to... And light is everywhere. Right. <laughs> and so we're surrounded by all this wisdom. And I started to believe in my conceptual mind. Now, I'm not an expert about anything. And I'm not a guru, nor am I a teacher. I'm just a seeker who has had some experiences and the photonic manifesto was my effort to write down what those experiences were like because I was really struggling at the time with the whole um, world of Bush getting into power and going to war in Iraq right. and how am I going to respond to that what do I do my own background in my life um, involves a lot of uh, leftist ideals and leftist politics and um, and a lot of experimentation not only with sound but with other things and so i'm uh, I'm a writer and I express myself not only through sound but through words and right. writing and so I sat down and started to post on Kent's website uh, weekly kind of ongoing novel over the course of 2003 which was my kind right beginning in march right 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 exactly beginning in march right before the war began right before the war began and it was my response to 
what was happening. Now, at the same time, because I'd been following Kent's website and some other websites and going to spaceweather.com and watching the sun all the time, because I'd begun with this prayer, which is, you are the source of all power, mm-hmm. whose rays illuminate the earth, illuminate my heart also so that it too can do your work, my heart, why do they call it the solar plexus that mm. covers our heart? Mm. Right? They're, we're directly connected to the earth and to the sun. Right, um, and, and I mean, and, and in a physical sense, you know, the heart, the human heart, is the center, the central point of the life of the human, just as the sun is the center part of the solar system and the, and the life of, of that particular system, you know? Yeah, well... Uh, I, I started to realize that these earth changes that everybody is is freaking out about um, were not, I don't believe, it's my own opinion, that it's a cycle that takes place in the solar system. It's happened before. That's what the Mayans are pointing to. It's not necessarily man-made, although our actions aren't helping things, but it's part of a natural cycle of things, and that the sun was beginning to change the solar system. So I took my interest in the war and my concern about it, my interest in leftist ideals and people like Leon Trotsky and things like that, and I started to kind of mull these things over in my mind. And it just so happens that when uh, I was a boy, I grew up in Nova Scotia in Canada, and Leon Trotsky was imprisoned for a brief time in my very small village in Nova Scotia. And so I created a fictional character called Balthazar Babinski, who would be my grandfather, who met Leon Trotsky. And Leon Trotsky changed his life. And I basically wrote this novel, The Photonic Manifesto, as uh, a way of kind of understanding where I am in the world and all these things and all these ideas and what my experience has been and how do we respond to all these changes which are so fully, completely out of our control that we feel powerless in the face of global change, global climate change, globalization, uh, the hegemony of the American empire and things like that and I I wanted to write about it and as I was writing about it amazing things were happening in the world and one of the most amazing things that happened early on as I was writing was that I was watching the sun and the solar activity because we were right in the middle of the solar maximum Mm -hmm. and the Earth's atmosphere was being directly affected the Bardo song the Shanda mix includes uh, a sound sample from a radio astronomer who uh, recorded the sound of the uh, coronal mass ejection on July 5th of this year hitting the Earth's atmosphere. So I, I threw that into our song because I, I really it. believe that the sun is changing the Earth's environment and changing us as well. And I was writing about this in the Photonic Manifesto. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And as I was writing about it, I... I was reading about the sprites and things on Kent's website oh, yeah. and these things that they couldn't understand, and I started to get the premonition, wow, this 
solar activity is so strong, I think it's going to affect the uh, space shuttle because um, there's there's so much stuff happening in the atmosphere right now. It really seems like something weird is going to happen. I, I swear to God, and I was I was writing about it every day, and uh, you know, sure enough, I found reports in the news media when the when the uh, Columbia disaster happened, where even astronauts reported seeing photographs of weird atmospheric things going on hitting the shuttle. So I wrote about that, and I feel I feel like a lot of the truth about what's happening, the truth with the Iraq war, the truth with the environment, the truth with the earth and the sun is not being told. And so the Photonic Manifesto was my, you know, you know, really kind of confused, not very well expressed way of trying to articulate my thoughts at the time and, and try and come up with a way to get out of the box that one can get into when they're really preoccupied with earth changes and space weather and things like that, that there's nothing that you can do. And so it's uh, really, it, the Photonic Manifesto is kind of like a, uh, a guide to the perplexed to help them, <laughs> to help them get out of that. Now that's not an original idea, the guide to the perplexed. That's actually an old, um, uh, Judaic text written by this uh, Jew, uh, Jewish philosopher Maimonides um, that was very influential for uh, Jewish mystics. But he wrote about some interesting stuff that I, I threw into the Photonic Manifesto. So it's, I think for the people who like your show and are interested in your stuff, you know, uh, the reason that I was uh, wanting you to mention that was because it, it I know that your radio program grew out of Kent's site, as did it's my, it's my work of art. Amazing. You know, I've got to tell you another outrageous uh, synchronicity, right? Um, your Photonic Manifesto is dated March 17, 2003. At least that's when it began, at least, or at least that's the date you put on, on, your, on your website. I had a really wild thing happen that day, too, and it's actually posted on Kent's website. And it, it uh, if people are interested in it, I well, it's, let's see. Okay, it's one thirty in the morning, so I can give away a secret. I post on the web under another moniker. It's uh, Alchemike, A L C H E M I K E. And uh, there's a piece on Kent's website called The Hawk. And if you look for that uh, and look for Alchemike, you'll find it. And 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 you can find this amazing experience that happened to me on the same day, Yeshe, on, on March 17, 2003. Well, there's no accident that we're here talking together tonight and that we're, we're broadcasting this information out into the world. It's no accident. No doubt. No question about it. Or zero question, as my friend Star would say. All right, look, uh, we got to take a little short one here, okay? All right. We'll take a breather. It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit. My guest is Yeshe Dorje. Information about him and his wonderful spirit and music can be found on the web at www.photonicmanifesto.com. You can also find downloads and uh, uh, interesting information about him and his bandmates uh, on the web at www.padmasoundsystem.com. Padmasoundsystem.com. And that's Padma, P-A-D-M-A. All right? Okay, it's Mike. It's about 1.30, as I said, a little before that. It's the 26th now of September, 
KOPN Columbia, your imagination station. Ain't it right? And you're listening to Radio Orbit. We're doing it up. We've got another half hour or so with Yeshe. Stick around. We'll come back in just a few. Wonderful stuff. Listen up.
message where he's leaving this chamber and floating and floating and floating, allowing yourself to go between worlds. All right, it's Mike, and we're going between worlds. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. Wow. All right. Amazing stuff tonight with Yeshe Dorje. And we'll bring him right back on the air here. And information, as I've said throughout the program tonight, on the web, www.podmasoundsystem.com. And also at the Photonic, well, I better be more clear, not the Photonic, but PhotonicManifesto.com. And uh, for me... If you like to listen to this program and you want to uh, share it with your friends or something, just hop on the web and go to MikeHagan.com. And this program, along with all the other ones that we do, will be up there in the archives within 24 hours or so. All right? All right, Yeshe, hi. Thanks for sticking around, man. Hi. All right, hey, um, I've got somebody at the back door ringing the bell. So I'm going to go open the door for them. And uh, why don't you tell people a little bit more about something? <laughs> All right, it's Mike. I'll be back in just a minute. This is Yeshe Dorje. We're talking about healing with sound, and I'm sure that he can... Uh, actually, maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, your own influences. You mentioned a little bit about your um, teachers. Let's talk a little bit about how the hell you found out about all this stuff. Uh, well, you know, I think that uh, we're living in a time where wisdom is manifesting in different ways. And I um, became a seeker of wisdom a long time ago. And the more I purified myself and my own um, efforts of purification led me further and deeper into my practice, I, uh, I started to want to seek out um, the deities that are expressed in Buddhism and and that takes a real leap in in, of faith because um, there's this idea that they're just a metaphor but then there's this idea that the different uh, deities in Buddhism uh, are real and that there are other worlds Um, and so I was wanting to basically go between worlds too go between worlds and, and, and seek wisdom. And uh, the more I did that, I, the more I w- went to sound and music because a lot of Buddhist practice involves actually reciting mantra. Yeah, right, and right. mantra has a power. Um, and, it's over, and it's over time, too, right? I mean, you, you mentioned this, and, and this is a personal observation of my own as well. And, I, and I, I just, I sort of want you to clarify, but also verify for me. Uh, the, the, the beautiful prayer that you mentioned earlier uh, about the sun, which I'm going to go back and listen to and memorize, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned that over time, as you as you did it repeatedly, it became something more than it was the first time you said it. Now I've had that uh, I've had that exact same experience with my own ritual. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. What's is is it a pattern forming or or is it a relationship? In other words, you have to prove you're for real. Well, you know, the Buddhists believe that we are uh, stuck in habitual tendencies, that our karma and our karmic patterns 
have created habitual tendencies in the way that we act and the way that we respond. So as we as we grow and we mature, one of the things that we start to notice is, geez, I'm, I'm, I continue to do the same stupid things, mm. and I continue to make the same stupid mistakes, and I don't want to do that anymore. How can I stop? And so uh, by doing different practices, you start to recondition your mind. It's like in uh, What the Bleep Do We Know, um, I think that they really clearly show that you're brain and your mind becomes really programmed to feed these neuroreceptors with uh, certain, you know, uh, chemicals that they're addicted to. And so you do and say uh, the same things to feed them. Uh, The really amazing thing about Buddhist practice is that it's a time-tested and true method over the millennia of transforming the mind. It's mental technology that's designed to transform the mind, to break through those habitual tendencies, and over time create a whole new set of karmic imprints and habitual tendencies, ones that are based on loving-kindness and um, overcoming attachment to the self. So as I did that, then um, it's like a tree. Say if we were to take a metaphor that you meet this teacher, a Buddhist teacher, and the Buddhist teacher has a seed, and he plants that seed inside of you. So you start to do your practice of reciting this mantra, and the mantra is like the water that feeds the seed that makes the tree grow. Mm. The tree starts to grow, and you continue to do your practice, and you develop this tree that creates this nice big trunk and then develops all these branches, and the branches then develop all this foliage, well, now you're becoming a completely new person. Mm. You're not the person that you were, but you're now this new, beautiful tree. And the uh, wisdom or the uh, manifestations of your practice become like the foliage. It's like the flourishing of the plant. It's the fruit. And so (laughs) in my own experience, the... Um, creating the group for me is like the fruit of my practice. So these sound mandalas, this offering that I make to everyone, the offering that the group makes, it's really not just me at all. It's everyone together. It's very much a collective. The, the, the offering that we make is like, is like the fruit falling from our tree. Amazing. Beautiful metaphor, actually. So. All right, well, let's see. Um, we got about 15 minutes or so. Let me ask you another question or, or, or maybe ask you to make a comment upon something. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning of the program, I was talking with Len Horowitz. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he has a whole interesting story of his own. But the reason that I got in touch with Len was because we, ha- we have a mutual friend or a couple of mutual friends in Star Newland and Dr. Michael Heisen. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they do work with dolphins. Yeah. And the dolphins have shown an outrageous and very interesting, yet unexplainable so far, ability to heal uh, neurological disorders in children primarily. Uh, You know, um, Down syndrome, autism, this sort of thing. No kidding, I didn't know that. Yes, and there's actually a DNA 
well, at least Michael thinks, and Michael's a Ph.D. neurobiologist and a, and a, and a marine biologist, he believes that, that the dolphins, through uh, their ability to create you know, certain frequencies of sound, combined with this piezoelectric uh, ability that they have, can actually affect change in DNA. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, the, the the proof is in the pudding, and even though they can't explain what's happening, they are having great uh, success with with children uh, who, have, you know, they go in there and, they, and they're, you know, in much worse shape than when they come out. Some children have never spoken before. They spend a day with the dolphins, and they come out and they can talk. It's outrageous, wow. right? So, I don't know, maybe you can make a connection between this and some of the stuff that you're working with and familiar with. You know, I, I really hesitate to do that because I don't know anything about the research that you're talking about. It's the first that I've heard of it. Uh, although um, the thoughts that come to mind are um, what, what I started to really believe, and I have no research to back this up. It's only really my hunch or my intuition, and I'm not... That's usually the best thing, man. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm really. I really want to make it clear to anybody who might be listening that I'm not a, a teacher or a very wise person. You know, I, I don't know a lot, but I, I do think that um, we are in a, a stage of human e- evolution where we're taking a leap of consciousness, and so um, these manifestations that you speak of where people take children to dolphins to cure them of heretofore incurable illnesses and diseases is part of our own evolution as Mm. a species and we're taking great 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 leaps right now I really believe that and so you know when you tell me something like that I mean um, all I think is yeah (laughs) I want to be a part of that you know and, and so it does fit actually perfectly with what my intention has been. You know, I've had a lifelong love of sound since Mm. I was a little boy and sat beside my grandmother and she played the organ. I know, and you you performed in in plays when you were very young, and you have have a a great history with music. Well, the whole deal really started when I was the youngest member of the Von Trapp family. Right, the sound of music. In in the sound of music, (laughs) an off-Broadway thing, and at the end of the show, I was the little boy who kissed his sister and the audience just started laughing and applauding. And from that moment on, I was hooked. So, you know, a lot of this is really, you know, why am I here tonight? It's so people can listen to my voice, you know. Just, you know, tell me how great I am. That's a big part of it, obviously. I'm trying to overcome that. Yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big part of why I do radio. I mean, I I love doing it because it's, you know, it's a big thing for me. But but I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to balance that with, you know, stuff for other people too, you know. Right. Well, the... Getting back to your point, though, and in all seriousness, the I want to be part of a new world that overcomes the limitations that currently exist in the way that we approach healing. Um, you know, my uh, my partner is uh, a trained physician, and I've watched her go through her training, and it's inhumane mm. the way that they treat the people who are supposed to be helping us to heal. 
and the whole medical system is messed up and so my own desire was to take what I know works because it's worked for me and then put it into application in a simple way, a much simpler fashion so that everybody could benefit Um, and much the same way that the people are taking these kids to the dolphins, what I'm hoping is that I can take this music and take it to people and in some some subtle way make their life better. Right. And, you know, Yashay, imagine if we can bring all this stuff together, you know, and and get allopathic physicians, you know, to consider your position and the position of the dolphins and the plants, you know, and recognize that we have potential allies all over the place and if we start to take advantage and make reasonable relationships we can really do great things to help not only ourselves but you know our fellow men and our children and and the future of our species well we're doing that i really think that your show is a big part of that you know i think uh the um one of the things that you you just made me think of was I uh, I went to India last year and uh, had an amazing experience while I was there. And really, a, a lot of what we're talking about now in terms of Padma system, sound system, and sound came came out of, out of my my experience in mm-hmm. India. And um, one of the things that happened for me there was that I I met a, a great uh, interesting physician who does acupuncture and and uh, alternative forms of medicine and he introduced me to essential oils Mm. and um, when you're talking about opening up to things well what I started to open up was uh, to the plant devas that the the beings that actually live in the plant realm and essence of the plants these oils these essential oils are so powerful and powerfully transformative. They've changed my life. Mm. They really have in, in the most remarkable way. Now, I'm a, a guy who grew up in a small village in the hinterlands of Nova Scotia who was addicted to hockey. Mm-hmm. And I was a jock right, for right, you know right. the first part of my life. Right. And so when I say these things, right. I'm coming from that place. Like, right, right, hey, right. everybody. I was just, you know, I I was this normal guy. I still love watching sports and Mm -hmm. listening to Gnarls Barkley and (laughs) dance music and all that kind of thing. But also what's happening for me is that I'm opening up to concepts like plant devas. You know, they're real, they exist, and there's these things called essential oils that you can use instead of medicine. So instead of taking Tylenol for a headache, you can use peppermint oil. Mm. You know, um, you know when you're feeling really completely weirded out, you can take this extract of um, green tea called L-theanine and calm down. And you don't have to take a lot of the stuff that the pharmaceutical industry is pushing on to people. So a lot of what I'm doing and what I'm espousing, I suppose, at this point, is an alternative to all the things that are making everybody sick. Well, I'll tell you something. Um, Dennis McKenna, who's you know Terrence's younger brother, yeah, 
is a friend of mine. He's been on the pro- he's on the program regularly, and he said something to me years ago that I'll never forget. And he said, you know, my plants substitute biosynthesis for behavior. And what he meant by that was that plants can't plants can't move. They can't run away from you. You know, uh, they they can't protect themselves with fists. But what they can do is create chemistry and create chemicals that then can affect the individuals that exist along with them in their environment. Yeah, it's all about communication. That's right, and relationship, you know. And, they, and, and, they're, and those plants, a lot of these plants, I've always felt, well, you know, uh, as long as I, I opened up to the power of different plants, and fungi, mm. um, I, I felt like they're telecommunication devices. That's right, man. You know, and that they speak to us. Now, somebody, um, our, our friend in the chat room is asking about the role of dreams in the scheme of things, and I think that would be a nice kind of uh, segue here because um, the plants and um, the journeys that we can experience with plants are very much like dreams and dream states and things like that and what do we learn what do we trust from what we learn and what do we trust what from what we learn from our plants and from our dreams and uh once i had a chance to talk with um uh uh, uh my teacher uh, garchen rinpoche and and i asked him who are the people in my dreams and he said, there, there are other dreamers dreaming. <laughs> and, um, like the net, the net of Indra. Yeah, and right? it's, it's such a profound thought to just contemplate that. Now, you know, um, I, I went out, it's so interesting this question because I went out and bought a journal just to write down my dreams because my dreams are really quite intense right now. And I follow my dreams. I think, if you really start to open up to your dreams with the proper intention, not not to be afraid of what you're going to find, but to actually open up to the wisdom, I think that there's other dreamers in there wanting to communicate with you and to give you information that can benefit you. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, it's like everything... You know, the dream happens, mm-hmm. and then you let it go, and you don't attach to it or give it too much significance, but at the same time, it's a way of uh, making spiritual progress. Um, and uh, I've learned that as I uh, open up to my dreams and I follow my dreams, they have taken me uh, further and further along in my journey. I've really benefited from listening to my dreams, from paying attention to my dreams. Um, the Buddhist philosophy is that the past is just a dream. The future does not exist. There's only the present. But when you're sleeping, the present is another world that you live right, in. Right, right, right. And, and as real as this one. It's as real as this one. And the thing is that neither one is real. <laughs> <laughs> and both are, and none are. Yeah, so... You know, I'm I'm fascinated by this, and I I think that um, I think that it's I think that it's really it comes down to 
an exploration of consciousness. And guys like Terence McKenna and Carlos Castaneda and people mm-hmm. like that, they were very brave souls who went and went out there and got wisdom and brought it back for the benefit of us all. No doubt, no doubt. Shamans without a tribe, so to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, they got a tribe now, let me tell you. So, uh, okay, we got a couple more minutes, and um, let's uh, talk a little bit more about the website. We'll talk a little bit more about how people can help you out, and um, downloads and all this stuff, and uh, Photonic Manifesto, and whatever. however you'd like to close things out. Sure. Well, are you there? Oh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, uh, I'm uh, I'm trying to follow the conversation. Oh, with, I know, I know. Me too. It's at the same time, you know. So, I'm, and I, um, well, uh, you know, I'd like to start with how people can help because our benefit uh, it can only increase and express itself as others make other people aware of what we're doing. So the first thing that your listeners can do and people who listen to the archive version of this show can do is uh, actually experience the music from them for themselves. And uh, it's been my experience that as people uh, experience the music, they, they uh, uniformly come to me and say, wow, this stuff really works, you know. Right. And, and, and um, m- my belief is that it really is a powerful thing that's much more than anything that I could do or that I could express. I really just kind of create a space, hold the space, and then, it, then this amazing sound expresses itself through, through us. It's really not about what we're doing as much as we kind of volunteer to be there to um, participate in something that's asking to be expressed and we're volunteers now the intention that we have is to be of benefit now um, as I said earlier in the show I think that we're in a time of profound transition in the planet and that we have a choice to make we can create a new world together and that's the intention that's in this music. So my, why I get excited and what, you know, at this late hour in, in, in my evening, wh- why I can still get so excited is because I really feel that there's a power in this music to benefit others because I've experienced it and I've seen it happen for people. I'm not promoting myself. I'm not promoting my own self-interest. I'm trying to do something that will help people and will be of benefit as we go through very turbulent times. You know, um, when you look at the pictures of the tsunami, when you look at the pictures of Katrina, you can see these forces that are being released in the planet that are going to send people tumbling and twirling and twisting, and it's going to be very confusing. And the music has an effect on the mind that is very calming and helps people uh, get through uh, very difficult stuff. And so to make people aware that it exists, you then kind of pass on, you pass it on. You're, you're being, you become part of the benefit. And it's really a participatory thing. It's, it's quite, it's quite amazing that way. The, the, the other thing that would be great, um, we do this, really unique thing uh, where we ask people to um, 
basically sponsor what we do by purchasing a sound healing subscription. And you go to our website and you pay a monthly fee of $7. That supports what we do, but not only that, we actually create a piece of music specifically for you based on whatever it is that's going on for you and whatever it is that you want us to express for you. So in in my way of thinking, it's got to be one of the cheapest forms of musical patronage that ever existed. Wow. All right. Well, look, man, you're doing great work, and I appreciate it. I'm very pleased that we had a chance to talk. We will do it again. And uh, I've got to say a quick goodbye here. I've got a couple minutes to, to uh, wrap things up before my friend Cheryl slides in here and plays some music for everybody. So, Yeshe, uh, from my heart, thanks, man. Wonderful stuff. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, namaste. All right. Wonderful. All right. Namaste. And it's Yeshe Dorje on the web at Padma Sound System. PadmaSoundSystem.com, also PhotonicManifesto.com. You can link there from here on out at my site at MikeHagan.com. And uh, that's about it, you guys. All right, it's Mike. You've been listening to Radio Orbit on the web. One more time, MikeHagan.com. This show will be up in the archives within, I don't know, 24, 36 hours or so. Next week, we've got Dr. Alan Goldstein. We'll talk about nanobiotechnology. Talk about trippy stuff. Uh, Stick around for Dr. Alan next week. And we'll play some music as well. I'll actually have live music in the studio next week from my uh, my friend Tobias. Okay, so anyway, one more time. Thanks to Yeshe Dorje on the web at PadmaSoundSystem.com. It's Mike. You've been listening to Radio Orbit. It's KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. Stick around for Cheryl Clapton. I'm glad she's back at the station. And uh, she'll be playing some great music for you for the next few hours. I'm not sure how long, but uh, she can do it for sure all night long. All right, it's Mike. Take care of yourselves, everybody. We'll be back next week.